Welcome to Human Impact Stories, hosted by Eileen Sweeney and Amy McGuire, two business leaders with background in corporate social responsibility and community outreach. More than human interest, these stories have human impact. And now, Human Impact Stories. Hi, it's Eileen, and this episode is in honor of Veterans Day 2020. It's actually part two of our story on the Southeastern Guide Dogs and their work with veterans living with PTSD. We already met Amber Watt of Southeastern Guide Dogs in an earlier episode. Now we pick up with her husband, Morgan Watt, an Air Force veteran, who gives us a first-person look at his battle with PTSD and tells us about his best friend named Foley. So at the age of 19, I enlisted in the Air Force and quickly uh, moved into security police canine and I worked explosive detection. So this was pretty much a high stress job where you had to be perfect in everything. Um, if you weren't perfect in 100%, somebody could die and that was an unacceptable uh, result. So um, when I wasn't working bomb threats or foreign dignitary support or supporting the president of the United States, um, I was a patrolman and I would respond to domestic violence, uh, fatal car accidents, suicides, and these all took a serious toll on me. But I didn't see it at the time. And it's one of those cumulative dangers of PTSD that it needs to be treated right away. And for me, um, I guess I could start off with a story, if that's okay. Um, It's October 12th, 2013. I'm lying on my unmade bed and it's eight o'clock at night. The lights are on only in the bathroom leading to the closet and I haven't showered in days. There's empty beer cans on my nightstand. I'm self-medicating with alcohol and prescription drugs to add to my already numb emotional state. I've just lost my job as an airline captain of 17 years due to a chronic migraine and symptoms of PTSD. I'm in the hellish depths of depression. I can't see past myself. I'm in physical pain and an emotional pain, but I can't tell the difference. As I'm lying in my bed, I'm thinking, what would the world be like without me? Would I be missed? My loaded Beretta nine millimeter handgun, it's in my safe just a few feet away. I feel like it's calling to me and it would be painless just to end it all right here, right now. It's time. I stand up and I walk into the closet where the safe is. My wife, Amber, walks in and she stops right between me and the safe. We don't say a word to each other, but somehow she knows. She knows what I'm thinking and she won't let me past her. I'm sure she can see it in my eyes. I'm already gone. My decision's been made. But tonight, 
Amber is the one person that can stop me. I'm not going to fight her for it. So it's over for now. I go back to bed and pass out. You see, unfortunately, my story is not unique. Our dark and uncontrolled thoughts permeate the very core of our being. And for many who fight our internal thoughts, it feels like our minds are not our own. It's a battle of us against ourselves, which can spread out of control and affects humans everywhere. It's a battle against the darkness, which overwhelms us. It is invisible to others. The greatest epidemic of our time is one we cannot see. We are experiencing a silent crisis of invisible wounds and it's painful. To those of us affected, these wounds haunt us every day. They isolate us from society. And in fact, these invisible wounds are one of the greatest dangers to ourselves. So all these invisible wounds, uh, what do they look like? If you're experiencing major depression, that's an invisible wound. If you suffer from anxiety attacks so bad that it feels like you're gonna die, that's an invisible wound. If you suffer from migraine headaches so bad that you can't get out of bed, that's an invisible wound. Post-traumatic stress disorder, invisible wound. There are many others, but those are mine. Now you see, my story started in the Air Force at the age of 19, but the accumulative effects of trauma and illness have plagued me throughout my entire career. I flew for 17 years as an airline captain where hypervigilance actually was an asset. And that is one of the signs of post-traumatic stress disorder. I didn't realize it until I got sick. I woke up one day and had a migraine and it wouldn't go away. And to this day, it has not gone away. So I, excuse I, me for just a minute, Morgan. Yeah. So, so you've had a migraine for how long? Like eight years every day. Really? Yeah. And, and is, that, is that something that's a result of PTSD or was that separate from that? That was separate from that. But the cumulative effects of once I started dealing with an illness mm -hmm. is when I started thinking it's all over and I'm done. Oh. And I just couldn't see past myself. I was loved, but I couldn't feel love. And it wasn't until um, 2015 when Amber basically went to Southeastern Guide Dogs and says and said, "Is Morgan, you know, a candidate for a Southeastern Guide Dog, a service dog?" And they said, yes. And so I went through the training and got my service dog, Foley, who I can honestly say has saved my life, not once, but many times. He Morgan. is absolutely amazing. And the way he interacts with me, he breaks up the thoughts of anxiety. Mm. He pulls me out of depression. And his greatest asset is that he can uh, smell the odor 
of the migraines coming on and give me warning to where I can take preventative medication if I get a breakthrough migraine that gets worse. Morgan, so, that is incredible. That, my, I wife, just... <laughs> my wife, completely, what he does is he comes up to me and he looks at me very aggressively and whines. And it's a critical time because if I take the preventive medication right then, I can abort the whole process. Mm. Uh, the medication does not work once the migraine has progressed. So if we're at home, he goes to get my medication, drops it at my feet, basically telling me, Dad, you're about to have a bad day. Now, you know, technically Foley is a retriever. He's half lab, half uh, golden retriever. Mm -hmm. But medication's all he'll retrieve. If I take him out in the backyard and throw a tennis ball for him, he just sits next to me looking at it like, <laughs> I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> Why you go get throw it. it all the way over there <laughs> he is he's hilarious he all three of his medication he is an absolute working dog oh, and he pays attention to every aspect of my life right now and i really owe my turnaround and you know the ability to feel loved again to him because he has connected me in ways that therapy couldn't do it medication couldn't do it um and just the dealing with the constant throbbing of um, of a migraine that just has not been settled in years morgan um, you're amazing i have to say you're a hero in so many ways in our mind and to hear this incredible story of the pain that you've been through and you're a voice and so for so many people who are suffering. And as you tell your story, not only here today, but throughout, I know people are coming forward to see that there are solutions. And certainly I think Amber is another hero in this story, as is Foley. Yeah. But I, I, could you talk about the Southeastern Guide Dog and, and just a little about that program and just what it meant? Like, how did you find Foley or how did Foley find you in this case? Well, it's pretty interesting because before Amber, you know, pretty much asked them, was I a candidate for the program? Um, my therapist was telling me to get out of my house. Uh, I was dealing with major depression and uh, I, he was just said, you have to go do something. So I thought, let me go down to Southeastern Guide Dogs and start volunteering. And when I started volunteering, I started connecting with these amazing dogs that they have. And it brought me back to my time in the Air Force when I was working explosive detector dogs. And it was, it was like I'd come full circle. And I just knew that that was the therapy that I needed most in my life. And that's when I was connected with Foley. Oh, that's so great. And, you know, you mentioned about um, going there as a volunteer. So automatically you're looking to how can you help other people? And sometimes that does become a healing uh, activity. Um, tell us a little bit more about the kind of training that, uh, that you would go through to be, to be a volunteer for them. Well, they basically, they knew my background as canine mm -hmm. in the military. So they kind of gave me a little bit of free reign. I did a lot of, uh, rehabilitation with dogs that had just gone through surgery uh, in the vet center. That was kind of my primary specialty. 
And, uh, you know, getting the dogs out of the kennel because the dogs left in the kennel develop a kennel stress and they just need that human interaction. They needed to get out in the play yard and run around. And so um, that was my primary job um, as a volunteer, which, you know, quickly um, changed into me speaking for them and telling my story. Um, I've done probably close to 200 uh, speaking events for them in just telling my story of how it's unfolded and um, the success that I've had with Foley. And, you know, it's made a big impact on many people. Um, I go out to lunch, I, I volunteer by going out to lunch with a group of veterans that all have Southeastern guide dogs. They all have service dogs. They're all veterans. And they've all told me, Morgan, my dog has saved my life. Just that simple. And they told me that one of the things that got them to Southeastern was me telling my story. So it's, it's motivated me to go out and go beyond my comfort zone because it's really uncomfortable going out there and explaining to people your biggest weaknesses. Morgan, what's it been like for you telling your story? Does it seem to help? Does it help others? I definitely feel that telling your story is very cathartic. It, it allows you to almost understand from the inside what you're going through and to explain it to yourself and to explain it to others. And I think it's helped me tremendously. I have also encouraged others to tell their story. And they've all told me that, you know, once they've told it, it's been a giant weight lifted off of them because, you know, there's such a stigma associated with, with trauma and PTSD um, that people think that it's a weakness when actually coming out and telling your story is a strength because so many people have been through some kind of trauma in their lives. Right. And so many people are, on the brink of suicide. We've lost, um, I, you know, the, the statistics uh, just for veterans, uh, we're losing 20 to 22 veterans a day due to suicide. Mm -hmm. And since the global war on terror began in 2001, we've lost almost 120,000 military veterans to suicide. We've only lost 7,500 in combat. So, you know, we really have to take a look and see where our true enemy really is. Right. And I think it's within. Well, you know, we've, we are loving the story and loving the fact that uh, you are a storyteller and a storyteller for impact. And um, I'm going to shift a little bit here because we know that our listeners also love their pets. And yes. yet Foley is a different kind of pet. So, Maybe tell us Foley's story. That would be number one. And number two would be about that matching process. How, how, did you, how did you know that Foley was the good partner for you? And then the other way around, how did Foley know that you were a good partner for him? Well, they do a lot of um, background interviews 
to begin with. And they ask you what type of dog you're looking for, you know, what characteristics you're looking for. Um, you know, I was looking for a very low key dog that doesn't bark because the barking amps up my anxiety mm. and I didn't need a dog to detract from that. So, um, when they brought Foley to me, it was just, it, it was a hit right from the beginning. It was just an instant connection, an instant bond. And the training encompasses you being connected to that dog for 30 days with a leash. So basically, you never let go of that dog. You're connected. And that cements the bonding process to where you really get to know each other in a totally different way. And over that 30 days, it was incredible, but it's like probably it was about six months into um, my time with Foley that he started detecting the, the breakthrough migraines. And that's really when my life really changed with Foley because um, it, it, it brought me right back my time in the Air Force. And, you know, we basically now have him trained to detect the breakthrough migraines. And uh, he's even written into my neurological doctor's reports as preventative medication. And, um, you know, he, it's the same thing as if you're training an explosive detector dog. When a dog smells the odor of an, of an explosive, you have to recognize a change of behavior that dog has. And I started recognizing the same change of behavior of Foley about 45 minutes prior to having a major migraine attack. He comes up and licks me very aggressively and whines. And, you know, at this time, you know, then he started pairing the medication retrieval with my migraines. And then he would just lick me aggressively, run off, go get my medication, drop it at my feet. And, you know, from that point on, He's just been, you know, inseparable with me. And it's been five years of, of dealing with this with him. And it's, it's like I'm never alone. And that's a big thing that everyone can connect with that has pets. Um, you always are with somebody that understands. And, and dogs um, and pets have such a great demeanor about just being all about you. And I think that is, um, that is what makes this kind of treatment work, particularly for trauma or, or migraines or diabetes or cancer. I mean, dogs can, can detect just about anything. Um, their noses are so incredible. So, um, that's amazing and that you were paired so miraculously and that you've come this full circle to understanding the value of a dog, animals, of course, but definitely a dog that is so powerful and your friend. Um, I love it. Tell us your favorite word. So you talked a lot about persistence and you've been so persistent in telling the story and helping to bring others, not only to having a, a a companion, but different ways of therapy. What kind of word would you like to describe as your favorite? Perseverance. Mm -hmm. You know, that for me is um, one that I, I could not have even have defined in the depths of depression. Um, I just couldn't, 
I couldn't feel anything. And when I started feeling bad, I knew I was recovering because I was starting to feel. And the depression for me comes in waves. And what I've learned is that it always goes away. It might be three days, it might be seven days, but it goes away and I can return to somewhat of a normal life, albeit, you know, with a migraine. Um, But it's the perseverance through the pain too that I've learned that I can persevere through this pain so that others don't have to suffer from my pain. Wow. You know, um, one of the things, Morgan, that we try to do on, on our podcast for our listeners is to give them ways to connect with our guests. So what would be a good way for them to connect with you or through the um, Guide Dog organization? Well, you can pick up the phone, especially if you're, you know, one that's had a similar experience with trauma or pain or, you know, anything, um, you know, my phone's open. I, I live that way now. Uh, I'm, I'm here for other people because in helping others, it gives me a sense of purpose. And I think we all need to live with a defined sense of purpose. And that gives me purpose. So, you know, connecting with Southeastern Guide Dogs is such a great organization. They do so much good, not only with the veterans that they serve, but with uh, those with vision loss. Um, And, you know, honestly, many of those with vision loss are dealing with PTSD as well from sudden vision loss. And they have all sorts of issues that they're working through, navigating through a world without sight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, Southeastern Guide Dogs is pairing with uh, these, all these individuals, veterans or otherwise, with these dogs that are capable of fu- helping them fulfill their mission in life. And I really think that is, you know, one of the things that they do best. They have an incredible family atmosphere. You can reach out to them any point with your trainers, um, if you have an issue with your dog. Um, or, or whatever, they're right there by your side 100% of the time. And it, it's just, it's an all-encompassing experience. And that's that so, is incredible. That's I, so great. And to know that that is um, such a diverse opportunity for people in need. You know, you mentioned purpose. And I think between perseverance, persistent, and to add purpose in this mix really defines who you are and what you are doing. So uh, we just want to say thank you so very, very much for all that um, you've done, that you continue to do. And just for the chance to be on here with us, our listeners are going to be inspired. They're going to love it. And um, we were thinking about this before, because on this podcast, we always have human impact stories. But today we have some non-human impact stories as well. So this is a first for us. And um, we also, we were hoping that we would get to meet Foley, but we do understand from you that he is a quiet, 
dog and that that was part of the selection Christ, uh, criteria for you yes. so um we know he's there with you and he's um, right at my feet oh that's so great and thank you for thank you for giving us so much insight into um into ptsd and and the, the you know the migraine headaches but you've also given us a lot of information and knowledge, right, Amy, about the whole guide dog um, uh, phenomena, if you will, and and how they can be so helpful to so to so many. So um, thank you again, and um, we really appreciate you being here with us. And we will definitely be sure and link people to you who uh, reach out to us and are interested in keeping a conversation going with you. Definitely. And they can look up Southeastern Guide Dogs at guidedogs.org. And there are many stories on there that are very um, uh, appropriate for, you know, understanding the impact these dogs are having on these people's lives. Um, There's many ways of getting involved with Southeastern Guide Dogs, whether it's through financial gifts or through a volunteer opportunity or even puppy racing. Puppy raising is one of the biggest uh, volunteer opportunities they have at Southeastern because they're putting through two to 300 puppies a year. And the first year of that puppy's life is very regimented. They start training the puppy at like three days old Mm -hmm. and they continue training until they're two years old when they get turned over to uh, a client. And it's, it really is a, it takes a village. It's a team effort of many volunteers making that happen. That's so great. And I love that Amy said earlier that we had purpose, persistence, perseverance, but now we have puppies also. <laughs> we so. have puppies too, and right. Puppies so much fun. <laughs> right, well, everybody loves puppies. You've made this so much fun for us. And uh, once again, thank you so much, Morgan. Thank you, Morgan. Impact Stories is produced by Jody Locke with technical support and editing provided by Kevin Tice.